you sick and tired of the financial bondage that's been holding you back? Are you ready to take charge of your finances to cut your mortgage payment in half while reducing your taxes significantly? If yes, then this podcast is for you. Fiscal Fitness and Freedom can pay off the national debt in less than 10 years. So from humble beginnings of just about $500, Scott built a billion-dollar mortgage company. So here's your host, Scott Smith. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. I'm Laura Lewis, and I'm here with Scott Smith. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hey, hey Laura. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I have a question from a listener from our Ask Scott box. And just as a reminder, if you guys have any questions about the podcast, you just click on it and you record your question and we can listen to it and Scott will answer it for us. So somebody asked us, how hard would it actually be to make the switch from an income tax to a payment tax? And so I'm curious about that as well. How would it how would we go about it and actually make this giant switch from our incredibly difficult tax code now to make it a payment tax? All right. First, it takes an act of Congress. Okay. Because Congress is the one who authorized income taxes. Congress would be the one who would have to either eliminate income taxes and immediately start a payment tax, or you could phase it if necessary. So I actually did meet with a major law firm in Washington, D.C. that gets involved in a lot of the writing of legislation. And for fun, they assigned one of their tax partners to look at how hard would it be to write the legislation that would put a payment tax in place and get rid of the income tax. And uh, we worked on that for about three months and came up with the answer. And it was easier than most legislation they've worked on. The hardest part of it was phasing out all of the other taxes that exist. That, that was 90% of the effort, is going through and decoupling all these things that exist out there. The actual legislation to implement a payment tax, as I said, was 10% of the effort. And it would have taken the one attorney about three weeks to write that, and it would have taken him uh, probably about nine months to decouple everything else. That, so one man year, you could have it all written. You know? <laughs> Change management of something like that. It's in ending having to pay income taxes and the other types of taxes isn't that hard. The implementation of a payment tax, that's why I have in my proposal that we don't actually collect the payment tax. We just make an accounting error that deletes the money, okay? And the Fed on the other side recreates the money that you need. It makes it a lot easier to implement something like this. If you have to implement it where people are collecting the tax, you you basically have to create an entity that when they delete that quarter of a percent, it goes somewhere, you know. It could go right to the Treasury Department, um, you, there's there's overhead associated in doing something like that. So the truth is, is if you just have it where at the settlement level, it's a software change. A payment comes in for $1,000. Instead of crediting the $1,000 to the person's account, you pull out that quarter of a percent and credit what's left to the account. 
that's that's software. And from a congressional point of view, of passing a law would be a cinch, you know, like I said, a couple of weeks of work to write that, and that would cover everything. And then for settlement agents to actually implement that and put that all together probably takes a couple of months of their of getting into the software to do it. What's notable about it is implementing a payment tax would be one of the simplest things that we have ever had to do because of government regulations. If you look at <laughs> if you look at how hard it is to implement withholding taxes and social security taxes and get all of that together, unbelievable effort. Payment tax would be less than 1% of what it took to actually implement as a income taxes. Same thing goes with sales taxes. Where you would um, where there would be a lot to do is the states having to each unwind their own taxes, you know, and then for them, it becomes much simpler too, because if this payment tax is just collected in the way I said, where the Fed generates the money and it's deleted on the other side, each check would just receive daily revenue. Each state would receive daily revenue and they would no longer have to have their entire, their own state IRS having to do all of that. Right. So all in all, it's incredible incredibly easy to do something like this. That's what's remarkable. It's such transformative, transformational type of a thing. It's such a disruptive type of a thing. And yet what you're disrupting is a whole lot of overhead and bureaucracy and red tape. You're cutting the red tape. What you're implementing is, you know, 1% the effort of what you are doing. I think that's an important thing for people to realize. The most challenging part about this change is A, it getting known out there and B, getting Congress to actually pass it. In terms of change management after that, it's easier than most of the things that Congress has made people do. <laughs> <laughs> Much easier. You think that answers the question for, for that? I think so. I think what it's making me wonder is could other countries do mm. the same thing? Yeah, I, I've had, it's kind of funny. A lot of people say, why don't we try it on a small country first? <laughs> yeah. like, first thing I say was, listen, you know, they're their own country. <laughs> America doesn't go around and say, okay, France, here's how you're going to do things. <laughs> it's part of the problem. Is maybe Americans think that way. <laughs> so the question becomes, could another country do this? And a lot of countries could. There are a lot of countries who could not. And But no country could do it as easy, easily as, as America could. We're actually in a very unique situation. So a country that could not do it, a lot of small countries, they do not have a robust, thriving monetary economy with tons of payments going on. They just don't have, they don't have their own Wall Street. They don't have that. A, a lot of them are actually, if they're doing any of that, issuing bonds, it's through American companies handle that type oh. of issue for them. So, but medium and larger companies, countries, say Canada or the European Union as a whole, they do have monetary economies, but the ratios are different. So where we can get away with doing this at a quarter of a percent, okay, so again, maybe some listeners are, you, are new, at a, if we taxed every payment in our country at a quarter of a percent, we'd generate enough revenue that we could get rid of all income taxes, social security taxes, property taxes, sales taxes, all that. And we generate enough that you could pay 24000 a year in basic income to every citizen, free healthcare, free college. Okay, that's what a payment tax would do. In order for the European Union to do the same thing, they'd have to charge three quarters of a percent. They'd have to charge a three times as much of a payment tax 
to do the same thing it would in a, and same thing in Canada. It would take three to four times as much in Canada for them to do that. So they need three oh, okay. quarters to a 1% payment tax. So the U.S. is in a very unique position in that we would have the lightest payment tax. And arguably, you go up to 1%, you may not, it, it may not work. So we might be the only country in the world that could actually pull this off and get rid of all of our income taxes. Other countries, more likely, they could cut their income taxes in half and they'd end up with you know a quarter to half percent payment tax. So we have a unique advantage in only because our monetary economy is so outrageously large. That's why a lot of times, Laura, you've heard me say it's a sin tax. The sin is that the monetary economy is 350 times bigger than the actual material economy. That's just outrageous. And so <laughs> you're essentially taxing the monetary economy with a payment tax because the, mon the material economy is only contributing about one third of 1% of the revenue in a payment tax. And the monetary economy right. is, is, is contributing over 99% of it. That's why people's personal taxes go down so low with a payment tax. So yeah, other countries could, but none to the extent that, that we can. So if we're removing the foreign element from it, what if we just did it at like a small American level, like, like in one of our states or something, just to test it in a little mm -hmm. part of America? Man, I get that a I get that asked that all the time. Like, why can't we? Why can't we do this just in LA? Or you know, I'm giving you zero original questions. Come on. <laughs> oh well, no. I mean, these are good questions because they get asked a lot. Uh, yeah, you. So you could not launch it in a locale in the. It it's either the whole country or not. Simply because where payments are settled, where the settlement is, doesn't have to do. I mean, first of all, buying and selling of treasury bonds, U.S. treasury bonds, that doesn't necessarily occur in Georgia or New York or any, and a lot of them, there wasn't even a site where it occurred. It's in, it's in the computer system. <laughs> mm. So okay. payments aren't, can't be segregated to a state. However, what you could do, I mean, this actually came up with a law firm I was working with and where they were walking through this and saying, wow, this happened. They asked the same question. Could could we just do this somewhere? And then the converse was, well, could we test it out on a small scale on a national level? So in other words, say, okay, don't change our income, change no taxes, but let's see whether or not this actually generates money the way you're projecting it would. Maybe we replace social security taxes with like a, a very tiny, tiny payment tax, you know, not a quarter of a percent, you know, maybe five hundredths of a percent. And that would replace the FICA tax, you know, yeah, you could you could start off with a trial with a very tiny payment tax and see that it works and then scale it up and transition it. You could do that if you wanted to. You know, to somebody who deals in the monetary economy as much as I do, it's kind of like, why on earth would you want to do that? I mean, it's like what, you know, people go, well, just to see if it'll generate what it will generate. Well, you multiply a number times another number, it will generate the product. So if you know this will generate about 19 trillion a year, as it, it will. But if, if you want to test it off a little to see and do a tenth of it and see if it generates 1.9 trillion, you could do that. <laughs> you could do it. Maybe it makes people feel more comfortable. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think there's different ways we can go about it. I, I think for me, I'm just, I'm very risk averse that so I want to to just see yeah. how you know, try to find some alternatives or, you know, probably jump all the way. But you're right. It's, I mean, uh, 
when you look at and you know we have that calculator and stuff like the math all checks out and so I do fully believe in it I think for me it's just trying to find like okay what's like the least dangerous way <laughs> but there no, is no that, danger so, so and it would not be bad to work the kinks out so you you could set up a tiny tiny payment tax and then you know a year later look at it and say okay let's try this and let's try this and you could phase out people's income tax over a three-year period you know I, I i can tell you people will get really impatient when they see it's actually working saying why do we have to go through this torture for two more years <laughs> we're all in <laughs> yeah but it could be phased in yeah so those are all good questions thank you yeah thank you everybody look forward to our next episode. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Thanks, everyone. So that's it for today's episode of Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance at a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value. Grand prize drawing for a private VIP mentoring session with Scott Smith himself. Be sure to head on over to FiscalFitnessAndFreedom.com and pick up a copy of Scott's blueprint to discovering your own unique formula to personal success. And join us on the next episode.